What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Fell Fast to Success podcast. Got another special treat. Uh, today, as you know, we're getting more into wanting to find out more about other local uh, business owners and professionals um, and just talk about their journey. And today we've got someone here, uh, Ryan Cox, who I have had the opportunity to meet through chamber organizations uh, and meetings um, and have been following his content around and everything that he's got going on. And uh, it really has been inspiring uh, to me and others that I've talked to uh, what he's been doing, even though we don't get to talk to you much, Ryan, you know, we're watching from behind the scenes and uh, just kind of following everything. And it sparked me to want to learn more and get to know about you and your organization more. And um, obviously part of that is I wanted to be able to share it with others. Um, and that's why I reached out and Ryan graciously, uh, he's got so much going on um, that uh, I'm just thankful that he's going to take a few minutes to go through things. So Ryan, with that being said, I would love to just kind of start off with, if you don't mind, just sharing a little bit about your story, what kind of got you here and really got you focused in the Gwinnett chat outreach um, and wanting to really uh, make a difference, I think is is one big thing that I've noticed. So would love to, to have a moment for you to kind of go through, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go on and, and kind of dive in from there. Okay, so um, I was born and raised in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So that's where the chat and Gwinnett chat comes from. So Gwinnett, you know, I live, I've been in Gwinnett now for going on um, 14 years now. So I absolutely love it. And I um, plan on being here for the rest of my life. Um, but growing up in um, Chattanooga, I grew up in um, um, known as East Chattanooga. So born and raised in that area. And then by the time I got to high school, I was bust. So think of the, I always tell everybody, think of the show, Everybody Hates Chris, if you've seen that show. Yep. Same exact scenario is pretty much like a biography of my life. So I grew up in East Chattanooga, get bused to a school about 45 minutes away from my house. And I got to see um, both sides of um, um, I don't necessarily say extremes, but I got to see a side where there's money and then there's no money. I'll put it that way. Yep. And so it's something that stuck with me ever since I was in high school at 14 years old, um, seeing like the houses that where I went to high school at seeing the houses and seeing people being able to have cars and things in school and hearing about their parents' jobs and things I've never heard of before. And so it's something that was always in the back of my mind. And I was like, man, I, I've never heard of these jobs. I've never heard of these things like this. So um, after um, um, I was about 23, I decided to move here. Um, I spent a lot of times working in kitchens and then I decided to move to Atlanta for culinary school. So I did that um, back in 2007. So after graduating, um, I had a chance to um, either go back or stay. And I decided to um, stay, even though it was less money. I was making good money before I left. I actually took a nearly um, a 50% pay cut. <laughs> Wow. To stay here in Georgia. But I, I looked at the long term aspect of it and I was like, okay, this is going to be better for me overall as a person. 
and longevity rather than going back to what I'm comfortable to. So I decided to stay here. And so over the years, I had a chance to work at various places from um, uh, running a couple of restaurants and then working in some hospitals and a medical research facility. And then the last cooking job I had actually was the um, food service director at uh, the medical college, um, um, PCOM out in Swanee. Yeah, uh, I did yeah, that first. Yeah, yeah, I was over there. I was over the whole food service operations for six years over there until the pandemic hit. But as I was there the last year or so, I had started the organization um, with that chat outreach. So what I decided to decided to then uh, some of my personal stories um, of being in Chattanooga. And when I first started the organization, it was dealing with um, police and the community and how to try to get everybody on the same page. So that's what it started off as, um, because what I realized even um, before I moved here is there's the issue where a lot of times people don't see eye to eye and for sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not for good reasons. And so I wanted to see what can I do to kind of uh, bridge that gap. And so what we started off doing was doing like meet and greets with police and then start organizing um, town halls where we invite the community out and be able to speak to the police and ask questions of the police where, you know, questions you don't always get a chance to ask, like the tough questions. Yeah. And so that's where it, it kind of started off that way. Then I just thought about my upbringing and thinking back to high school, and then it just started evolving from that aspect into, okay, let's work with teenagers and let's put them on a good path so they would have an opportunity to be able to see things and experience um, those things that I missed out in high school and get a chance to see um, a behind-the-scenes look at these jobs that when I was in high school, I heard of, but I had no idea what they were. And so that's where the program is at now. So we take these teenagers from around Gwinnett County and we introduce them into the business environment and we show them what it's like to work in different industries. So I, I call it almost like a reverse take on career day. So rather than having a speaker come out and talk to a group of kids, we take the kids and we bring them into the workplace. And it's not like your typical, uh, bring your child to work day. What we do is we speak to a lot of people within a company or organization and we learn, okay, if I wanna work in this position, what type of education do I need? What's your day-to-day -day like? How much money can I expect? What type of, um, um expectations uh, will be required of me to work into this job so we go into more detail and we're not just sitting down talking we're actually doing hands-on things to make sure that they get a they get to experience it firsthand so we do that we also take them out on college tours so that way they can get an idea of what it would be like to be a student and we focus on different types of um um, education. We don't just focus on four-year schools. We go focus. We'll go to technical schools. We'll go to um, 
a um, trade school like an electrical we'll go to um, things where it'd be more of um, um, a skills school as well so we try to show them all the options and I get a lot of times where I would get pushback where I would push back when people say well you should we should be steering them towards these school two-year schools or technical colleges so they don't have to worry about student loans and they don't have to do that. I say, no, 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 no. That's not my, that's not what I'm supposed to do. My job with this program is to show them all the options. So we go to see all of the businesses, do all the behind the scenes tours, show them all the options education wise, and then let them make up their own minds of what we want them to do. And the reason I push back on that is because a lot of the people who say that are people who already have a four-year degree or whatever, or um, plus um, posts. And But what happens too is, I said, we'd never go out into an area that has a very high income area. Let's say, I always use Johns Creek for area. We don't go to Johns Creek and say, hey, you know what? You all don't worry about going to a four-year school. You should only worry about going to a trade school and be like, I said, we don't do that. But we do that with kids who come from more and more generalized backgrounds. And I think we have to stop doing that, in my opinion, because I will always push back on that. I want to show them all of the ways, um, all of the um, jobs and everything that's available to them and let them make up their own decision. If they want to go that route, that's fine. If they don't want to go that route, that's fine, too. But I'm not going to push them in one way or other. But that's a little bit about it. Dude, I love that. I mean, and what you're talking about, because it makes complete sense to me. And I think everybody should be presented. And I've always had this, you know, the, and it came, it was kind of eye opening whenever the pandemic hit, um, you know, whenever people had to go virtual. And, you know, you start really looking at um, the, just the, the differences between access and, and options and, and what people have and, and um, you know, where there were still a lot of gaps out there. And, you know, and that made me start really getting, I guess, not necessarily more involved um, as I probably want to be and should be um, in the different parts of the community. But it started making me get put, it put me on notice, right? Like it opened my eyes up to stuff that wasn't necessarily something that I, I thought about or that I even knew was happening. Like you just assume that things are a certain way. And then, you know, you start looking at it and it opens up your eyes to all this other stuff, just going, wow, there's, you know, you, you start talking about virtual, uh, you know, uh, classes and then it starts going, well, you got to think about laptops. You got to think about internet access. You got to think about all these things that you don't think about. And it opened my eyes up. And so I started looking around at, at and it's, I think probably what made me start to really pay attention to what you were doing, uh, to, you know, and I started seeing like all the events you were holding and just all the things that you were posting about um, that really hit a chord with me. Uh, because I think it's phenomenal what you're doing now. I didn't know to the extent of how you were working with uh, teenagers and uh, until you kind of went through it there. So I appreciate you going through it. But I think it's phenomenal that you're presenting options and saying, hey, look, we're going to educate you 
and at least uh, hopefully I'm not doing, you know, obviously coming back incorrectly here. This is what, what I gathered, but um, we're going to give you all the options. We're going to lay everything out and then you can make a decision what you feel is best or what you may be more passionate about or what's going to be the best opportunity for you. And I think that that's fantastic. Um, you know, as far as that's concerned, and the only thing that I can, as you were talking, I kind of thought about because I, I volunteered, this was probably three or four months ago with, uh, I think a junior achievement there. And I'm not sure if you're familiar. I've heard the name. They have like a, um, it was actually, it was actually pretty cool. I didn't know what to expect. I just kind of went in actually the the Gwinnett chamber had something with the young professional program that Mm -hmm. kind of brought it up, but it was where they would bring in cool uh, kids from, Uh, schools and they would come in and then they have different businesses that the kids would come in they would have different roles and be able to kind of play it out and I thought that that was pretty cool um, how they were providing that opportunity to kind of go through different jobs and and see that and it was more a little more hands-on sounds like you even take that to another level uh, to be quite frank so what are some of the, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing as you're going through this challenges um, that maybe you are having or challenges that, uh, you know, the, the people that you're looking to, to go out and really impact? What are some of those challenges that you're seeing uh, that maybe a lot of us and a lot of people in the community may not be aware of or, or think about? Um, I'd say the biggest challenge that I have more than anything is... Um, People love to give lip service, but they don't follow through on their actions. So a lot of people say we need to help kids. We need to do these things in the community. We need to do things to make the community better, but they're not willing to uh, say put their money where their mouth is. And so where it comes to actually following through and actually doing what you're saying you're going to do or and that that's the biggest problem so like if i so another thing i didn't mention is we do a lot of work in the community and so we do everything from food drives to we give out every year we do a big box fan and water donation we did 450 box fans and water we gave away last year we had a um, event where we were working and we gave out um, um, coats where we, uh, it was grandparents who were um, raising their grandchildren. And we gave out coats and hygiene kits and we got a food truck out there and we were doing what we can to make their life just a little bit easier. Um, so we do stuff like that. And so what happened is we have a lot of people who will say, oh, I want to come out and I want to volunteer and I want to be a part of that. And everybody says that. But then when it's time to show up, they don't show up. Yes, I that that's always a challenge. Now, I will say um, I have a great relationship with the Lawrenceville Police Department. And I've done tons of work with them. And so they've given me a place. They, they've told me in the past, hey, if you ever need a spot to hold an event, you can use our parking lot and we will help you host any event. And so they've been, they've stuck to their word. And then they have the Citizens Police Academy. 
And those people are troopers. They will show up rain or snow. It doesn't matter. They come out and they will volunteer at any event that I do. And so they are the ones who are the doers and they will show up even to the point we're getting ready to hold the fundraiser. And some of those same people have come to volunteer to be ushers at the fundraiser. So those people with the police academy, they are doers. A lot of people are lip service. And I say that is one of my biggest um, challenges is to get people to actually keep their word on what they say that they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I can I can imagine that that's probably one of the biggest frustrations mm-hmm. uh, whenever it comes to that. I mean, as far as, you know, is it typically, and then I want to, I, I kind of want to go back a little bit uh, to talk about, you know, whenever you were getting this up and going and, and some things that you uh, ran into with that. But whenever it comes to what the best way to support, is it you know, that, that's one thing that I always question, or maybe both. Mm-hmm. Um, is it financial donations? Is it physically being there to, to, you know, be able to lend a hand? What, what, or, or is it both? I mean, obviously, ideally, you'd probably want it both, but, you know, um, what is it that you tend to find is more impactful and needed whenever it comes to, to volunteering, whether that's financially or, or personally? Well, what we need more than anything, um, and especially to make this um, organization successful, we need financial. And financial doesn't always just have to be somebody um, just necessarily writing a check and donating money. That's great. But we also need um, sponsors as far as sponsor a tour. So we, we charge the companies to come out and bring uh, uh, bring the kids out but with that tour you're gonna get i'm gonna promote it heavily like if you ever follow me on any social media you know i'm very active on there so i'm gonna promote what we're doing on there i'm gonna promote it on my website we also bring out a professional videographer photographer for all of our events and so we will give you access to all the pictures all the videos to everything that we do and it's, it's a tax, it's 100% tax deductible. So any money that you're donating, you, you're going to get your tax write-off, plus you're going to get promotional material to say, hey, this is what we're, what we're doing out in the community. And you have the proof of what you're doing. So I, I say that's the biggest thing. Like one of the things we get, uh, we get ready to gear up for now is um, for summer, what we, we started last year is where we go out to Top Golf. And we um, bring a group of kids, um, probably last year we were doing four or five kids. We might bring more this year. And we ask speakers to come out. I mean, we ask if you can donate $300 and come out and hang out with us for a couple hours and play top golf. You get a chance to speak to the group. Once again, we'll take plenty of pictures. If you want video, I video it for you. And come hang out with us, play top golf pour into some kids, have a good time. They really enjoy it. They ask a ton of questions. They're really curious. They love being a part of the program. I mean, so that's another way. Um, also, whenever we're doing anything to, uh, so we'll be getting ready to do our box fan and water giveaway. Hey, donate some water, donate um, a case of water, donate some um, a box fan or uh, make a monetary donation so we can give it out. 
So, I mean, we do a lot of work in the community. So we've also did an event where we um, gave out um, baby supply items for single mothers across Gwinnett County. And we and we delivered them. We had about four volunteers show up. Most of them, you know, my in-laws and a couple other people. And so that was another one where people say, I'm going to help, I'm going to help. And then there's four people who showed up. I yep. spent nine hours in my car driving around Gwinnett County delivering these items to people who needed them. And so, and with our program, everything that we do is 100% um, is, is free. So all of the kids that participate in our program, so I know people won't be able to see on a podcast, but you can see I have on one of the t-shirts, yep. but they all get t-shirts that we provide them. We um, provide transportation for them and we feed them at every event that we go to. And we don't ask for any financial commitment from the parents. We just ask them to have a positive attitude, to be on time, and just be ready to have fun and ask questions. That's all we ask. And so we want to keep this program free because what we don't want is a situation of the have and the have nots. So we don't want kids who, who always have the advantages in life and can afford to pay money to go and do a program like this them to always be able to ones who are at the front line. So we want to have kids. Now, if they have the means and they still want to be a program, we're not going to turn any kid down who has the means. But we also want kids who don't have the means to be able to participate and not have to worry about, okay, I don't really have 10 or $15 to go get food. I don't have money to buy a t-shirt. I don't have money. I'm not, my parents are not going to be able to drive me out to this event. And they miss out because of money, because of resources. So that's why we make the program free, because I grew up, I knew what that was like and didn't have an outlet and didn't, wasn't, able, wasn't able to participate in these type of things. And so I don't want other kids to grow up and have the same experience that I have. That's, um, that's awesome. I mean, you know, and that, that kind of is a perfect segue into what I wanted to, to ask um you know the 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 whole why you know like the uh, and you touched on it just there you know you grew up and and you were and i completely agree like we've got to to find ways um and you're doing it like i, I say we i mean you're actually doing it um mm -hmm. and getting out there and then you know it's it's on the rest of us to to support people like yourself that are are you know, taking the time, taking the effort, driving around nine hours, you know, by yourself because people didn't show up, but you were getting the job done. Like, um, you're just, uh, it's just so commendable. Um, but I kind of want to hear, you know, a little bit about the, the why of, of why start the organization. I'm sure there's many challenges whenever it comes to starting a nonprofit that's going out and and all you're you're trying to do is is provide a better future from what i'm i'm gathering to people that don't have it and may never know that it even exists unless they're introduced to it and i think that that's such a a, a big you know difference regardless of of where you're at or what you're looking to do you know having the access to just be able to get the knowledge to know this is possible and this is an option and you're you're going out and trying to make that that happen but you know talk about a little bit about the the why there you know is it is it 
for that reason. I mean, you're trying to bring the, you know, the law enforcement together with the community, which obviously we, we all have seen and heard uh, over the years, um, and if not longer than that, uh, for the necessity to kind of bring that together. And you're out there doing it. I mean, what, what kind of sparked all of this? It sounded like you were doing great. You came down here as culinary school. You're, you know, doing that up until the, the pandemic. And then, you know, you start this organization. So can you take us a little bit about that time where you made the decision to start it and then go all in on it? Yeah, well, one, one thing, I have a friend um, who runs a nonprofit up in Chicago, and he has this term, he always says, he says, exposure is key. And, and I'm 100% I'm believe that, even through my, my own experiences. And a lot of times you don't know what you don't know until you, um, you see it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So when you are grow up in one environment, and all you see is one thing you a lot of times you have misconceptions about other things because you've never experienced you be like well this is what i heard and this is what i think is happening but you have no idea and so it's one of those things where i i realized from an early age okay if i it, it goes back to this where when I was in high school and I rode the bus to school and then I see where I grew up and I see the homes that I'm, I was growing up around and I literally see the homes where the people are went to school and I see those homes. I just kind of put two and two together when I'm like, okay, if I want to live in a house like this, or if I want to drive this car, this is the type of job that I need to have in order to achieve that. And so it just something, it, it stuck with me. And I'm like, man, and I used to always think, and I remember being in, um, um, even when I got my first job and thinking, man, if people knew, if they knew um, what I know and what I see, they, man, their lives could be so much better. But it's just like, you never get exposed to this. And a lot of them never get a chance to even visit a college campus. And it's like, well, I heard this about college and I heard that. And, I, and it's just like, some of it might be true. Some of it may not. But I want to be able to give them a firsthand experience to where we're going to go tour it. We're going to see it firsthand. We're going to walk it. We're going to go into the dorms. We're going to see all of this stuff firsthand. So any of the misconceptions can be gone because you're going to get a chance to see it firsthand and be like, okay. This is what it's really like. And, and I think doing it one time isn't enough. So instead of going, that's why I want to see different colleges. That's why we'll go to a technical college or we'll go to a university or we'll go to a trade school and we'll get to see it all. And then that way, then I'm like, okay, I like this trade school, but I don't like the technical school, school. Or I like this university, but I don't like this other school but I like this university better than the other university we went to and just keep exposing them to it until they find something that they like. And so the more you get exposed to different things, the more it opens up your mind yep. and you get a chance to see more. And it's like, okay, I'm not closed minded. I've seen and experienced a lot more. And I think about it like myself. Like I said, I didn't grow up a lot of money. First time I ever rode on a plane, 
I was 26 years old. I'm 38 now. I was 26 the first time I rode on a plane. And ever since then, that first plane trip, I was like, I want to do this again. This is my first time. And so uh, we ended up, my wife and I at the time, we ended up getting married about three months later. And that was a second plane trip. And so after that, I told my wife, I was like, I like this traveling thing. I like this plane. It's a whole lot faster. And so we go somewhere We'll fly three or four times a year. Like for me, that's a lot. Yeah. And so, but it was a situation where I didn't even know. And I and I knew a lot of people who had never been on a plane and they would have all of these theories about riding on planes and stuff like that. Stuff that's just completely made up. Like, I don't even know where they're getting this stuff from. And then I got to experience it firsthand. And I'm like, it opened up my own eyes, you know, been an adult at that point. And I'm like, okay, I like this. I need to do this more often. And so it's something that I've instilled in my own kids now. My kids are nine years old and they've probably been on plane. They've probably been on 10 to 12 plane trips. I mean, we're leaving for San Diego next on, on Wednesday. And it's just like something where I want to be able to expose them to things. And so even when I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, but you're good, you're good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you where I'm going. But one of the things, so even what I'll work with teenagers and I'm showing them different things, I'm instilling these same values in my kids. So when we go on trips, we take our kids to college campuses as well. So when we go on vacation, no matter what city we're in, we're going to go do a tour of a college and they're nine years old. And we're going to go see these colleges firsthand. So we're going to start letting them know, hey, Here's the different colleges we've been to. We get them a t-shirt or some kind of memorabilia from that school. And so we can start instilling these things in them now. And we get to, we go on vacation. We try to show them different things so they won't be so close-minded. They get a chance to experience things. And I think the younger you start experiencing things, the more you're likely you're going to have a better worldview of everything rather than just what's in your immediate, you know, community. It's like, okay, I've seen a lot more now. So now this is where I know what I want to do because I've done so much now. Yeah, no, it's, and you make so much sense with all that. I mean, I think it goes for anybody, regardless of where you grew up, having the exposure and the access to experience um, other sides and, and open your mind. But I think to anybody, you know, Everybody can, in my opinion, I think everybody with the right uh, access to, to knowledge and, and education and all that know what's available and know what's out there and, and you know, what can be done, um, you know, they can do so many more things whenever they, they've experienced that and they've gone through it and they know what it's like firsthand versus, you know, just sitting out there and, and thinking it's what you know, their, their parents told them or their friends told them and all this other stuff, um, you know, they need to be able to, to see that. And uh, I think it's phenomenal, like what, what you're doing and, and what you're uh, really the, the why behind it, the foundational pieces behind the organization. Um, and it's something that I'm a big believer in because I've seen it for myself um, through myself growing up and grow up in a, you know, the, the, top-notch place in South Carolina where I'm from you know we were kind of middle class all that stuff but I had the opportunity um, to do some different 
services and organizations. And it opened up, you know, my opportunity to see things. Um, and I think that it was that uh, that has built the foundational as, as a teenager, like you're saying, this was mm-hmm. as a teenager, but throughout my life now really has opened up my, my eyes and wanting me to, to continue looking and saying, you know, how can we continue to, to help others? And it all kind of came back to, for me at least, and it's exactly what you're talking about here, um, is the ability to, to have that experience and kind of get out of that quote unquote bubble mm-hmm. to, to, to see what is available and what you can do and what, what options are there and how, if you won't, you know, one of the beautiful things that you said was you saw certain houses or certain cars. And if you wanted to get there, you were able to find out, okay, if I want this, I know that I have to, to do X, Y, and Z or, or have this type of an opportunity. Um, but you, you had that opportunity and that mindset to be able to do it now uh, and where you needed to go. And it was obtainable for you if you were able to, to do it and know that you had to go these certain routes or you had to you know, have a certain job or you had to do this. But it, um, you know, it presented a whole different outlook, which is why I think you're doing what you're doing today and you are as successful as you are today. Um, and uh, I just think it's, it's incredible, man. I, I really, I know that we could probably go on and there's so many more things that I want to get into and maybe we, we schedule another time, but I know how busy you are. You've got a lot going on, which we were talking about ahead of time. And, um, you know, I think, and I, I want to, to continue to get more involved to obviously uh, now that we've had this and, and, you know, I want to be having our, our brand and, and supporting the organization. So I'm going to look into that in a second. I want you to provide everybody with how they can as well. Um, but the change that you're inspiring just in the local community, you know, if you can, you know, just change one of those, those uh, lives or the, the thought process that goes behind it, I'm sure that's, that's big, but you're going to be obviously making a bigger splash. And I think it's, people like yourself that kind of presents a different light on the future of a lot of different things, man. And uh, just commend you on all that. Uh, as we're wrapping this up, like I said, I really want to maybe have another podcast where we're able to go a little bit more in detail and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that, but where can people find you information on the organization? How can we donate? How can we, you know, um, help in this, you know, in these efforts, man. Yeah, you can um, go to my website, which is GwinnettChat.org. And that's what two T-C-H-A-T-T. Um, follow me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on all of those platforms. You can look up Gwinnett Chat Outreach or on LinkedIn. You can look up my name, Ryan Cox. Um, best way you can support, we're getting ready to hold our first ever fundraiser it's our first big ask so we're going to be next month june 18th we're doing a um like the show dancing with the stars we're calling it i saw that i saw that give us a quick snapshot on that like tell me about it so we have the biggest names in gwinnett county that will be participating in this fundraiser they're going to be raising dancing to raise money to help our organization so we got everybody from some city council members to some state representatives to some 
um, attorneys to some um, the president or uh, the chair chairperson of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We have Miss Georgia coming through, a former Miss Georgia coming um, that's going to be um, dancing. I mean, judging. We're working with Fred Astaire Dance Studio. They're um, they're providing um, all the dance lessons. They have the um, professional dancers that are going to be working with the um, the regular dancers and teaching them a routine. We even have one of the um, the young men in our program, Kevin, who stepped out of his comfort zone and like he loves the program so much. He said, "You know what, Ryan? I, I want to dance. I, I I want to be a part of this." And so his mom was even shocked that he um, wanted to be a part of it. And so he's like, I really want to dance. I want to be a part of it. So he's dancing. We have, even the day of the program, um, uh, we had training a couple of weeks ago or last week where we had um, ushers, we had volunteer ushers. And so we had a couple of the other young men in the program to say, I want to help somewhere. And so they decided they wanted to be ushers for the program. And it's like, this is how much they believe in the program. You know, it's hard to get teenagers to do anything, yeah. let alone to volunteer. So they said, we want to help whatever way that we can. And so they stepped up and they were like, hey, we're going to be a part of this. Their parents will be at the fundraiser. They're going to be volunteering, being ushers. So um, you can donate to the, uh, you can go to the website, look for the fundraiser tab. You can donate to your favorite dancer because we're going to have trophies for the first, second and third place winners. And we're also having a, um, a trophy for the person who raises the most money. And so there's a lot of, everybody's has a goal of raising at least $3,000. And so that's, that's the floor that we're asking for. So they can go over and nobody knows who's the top fundraiser until um, the night of the event. So I'm the only person who knows. So you can donate to your favorite person. You can also, we have auction items. So we, on the website, we have a ton of auction items donated by some um, local companies around here. So you can go bid on that. You can buy, even just buying a ticket and coming out to the fundraiser. So tickets are from four, they're 40, 50 and $75. And that includes, so the first hour of it, which I'm sure someone like yourself would appreciate. First hour is a networking. I'm a big believer in networking yeah. and trying to get to know people. So we got, it's going to be a who's who of Gwinnett that's going to be out here. It's going to be at the Lawrenceville Art Center. We're going to have some uh, free hors d'oeuvres for everybody that's in there. It's included in your um, price of admission. Then you got a two-hour show that's going to be available. So it's going to be a wonderful night. I'm so excited for it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I saw that. Um, obviously, uh, on your website, is it? and I meant to ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, look, it's, Obviously, we're going to I'm going to be there unless something crazy comes it's a up. Saturday night. So it's, yeah. it's a Saturday night at six. And my wife, 100 so. percent. And obviously do everything we can. I think that's going to be a phenomenal time. And I uh, just can't stress to, to everybody enough. Like these are the organizations and the people that need support. And we need to, to support Ryan and, and everyone who is helping to just make a change like this is what it is all about and whenever we're talking about local leaders um it, it's people like ryan who just kind of it, they go and they're they're making a difference not just from our standpoint uh you know people that are kind of past the the teenage years but the youth 
and changing the outlook and changing the future. And I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree that the importance of that and, um, you know, uh, get on support, donate. Uh, you're probably going to be hearing it from myself as well, uh, as I'm a big believer and uh, everything that Ryan and his team are doing. So uh, we'll put everything, we'll put links in the podcast, underneath the podcast, and also as we're sharing this out. But Ryan, anything else that you have or anything you want people to know that maybe we didn't touch on before we hop off here? No, I, I, I would just mainly say the whole key and goal of this organization, Gwinnett Chat Outreach, is to be proactive rather than reactive. So if we can um, find out what the, a lot of times we know what the problems are with, um, you know, with just society and all. So wait until, instead of waiting until there's a problem, let's go ahead and go ahead and start solving issues before they become an issue. And so that way, give the kids something to do. Let's keep them active. Let's keep them busy. Let's make them productive citizens so they don't go out and make these bad life um, decisions and ended up costing them 10 or 15 years down the line. So they're not looking back and say, you know what? I wish I would have never done that. I wish I would have had a program like that that kept me out of trouble. So that, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get, we're trying to, keep them busy enough so they don't get in trouble. So that's what that. I'm saying. And it, it's one thing, it kind of brings me back to, um, you know, the, the adage. And I, I think even like Mike Vick, whenever he was having a press conference back, whenever he was going through that, that little bit of a, a downside, obviously we're here in Atlanta. So we're, I'm a big Falcons fan. So it kind of, it always replays in my head, but Basically just saying, you know, that, that saying of, had I known better, I would have done better. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's so true uh, for so many that just had they had known or had they had the real experience or had they known what something was all about and been able to, to experience it for themselves and, and not just get it from information's, uh, information other people were telling them, I, I think that you're, you're, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the key um, is just providing that. So everyone just go on support Ryan, support his organization. Um, it is, you know, it's people like Ryan that are going to, to help us, not just the country, but, you know, change people's lives in the future. And, um, you know, he needs, he needs support from everybody else. Uh, obviously, he's going to do it regardless. You hear that. But uh, right. support needs to be there. And this is something there's really everybody should be behind. So uh, I'm a big fan. I'm going to keep pushing and doing everything we can as well, man. So thank you so much, Ryan. I know you're extremely busy. Um, everybody, like I said, go check him out, start following him all throughout the social media platforms. He does a great job of, of really showing some insight as what's going on. So we'll hang it up there and uh, Ryan, thanks again, man. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.